Welcome, listeners, to our Oscar series review of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. My name is Benjamin Button, and I was born under unusual circumstances. While everybody else was aging, I was getting younger, all alone. So, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is a 2008 American fantasy romantic drama directed by Mr. David Fincher. Storyline by Eric Roth and Roman Scord. It's loosely based on a 1922 short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The film stars Brad Pitt as Mr. Benjamin Button, Kate Blanchett as Daisy, as well as a supporting cast that includes Mahershala Ali, Taraji P. Henson, Jason Fleming, and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, interesting to note with this film, you said it was based on a, a short story. This is film has been tried to get made for a long time now. Now, I saw that it actually was due to be made in 1991 with Spielberg directing and Tom Cruise as Benjamin Button. Oh, it was way before that as well. What'd you get? We had producer Ray Stark. He bought the film rights in the mid-1980s. It was optioned by Universal. Way before. Yeah, back in the early 80s. <laughs> you said mid. <laughs> Mid-early is the same thing. Yeah, back then, the original director was going to be Frank Oz with Martin Short as the title. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. Thank Uh, God that didn't happen. Yeah, well, Oz couldn't work out how to make the story work in the end. So, no, like you said, the film was optioned in 1991 by Spielberg with Tom Cruise in the lead role. But after that failed, it went on to Ron Howard directing John Travolta. That is not a good story right there. Oh, but you're thinking Travolta now. Think of Travolta in, uh, you know, face-off days. Still wouldn't have worked. Nah, it'd be terrible. Do you know why the project failed with Spielberg and Tom Cruise? No. Because Spielberg left to go do Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Yep. What a choice. So around 2000, the studio had Spike Jones ready to direct with uh, Charlie Kaufman writing a draft at one point. Now, he would suit writing this film. It's right up his alley. Oh, yeah. It would have been a lot weirder, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But in 2003, Gary Ross entered the final negotiations to direct based on a new draft by Eric Roth. And in 2004, David Fincher got into the final negotiations to replace Gary Ross in directing the film. So let's look at casting, mate. In 2005, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett were entered, entered into negotiations to star in the film. And then in 2006, Tilda Swinton, Jason Fleming and Taraji P. Henson joined the crew. Interesting, Brad Pitt had collaborated with many of these co-stars already with uh, Jason Fleming in Snatch, Kate Blanchett in Babel, and Tilda Swinton in Burn After Reading. Yeah, very popular man, the old Brad Pitt. He is. And obviously had strong ties to Fincher as well with Seven. And Fight Club. And Fight Club. Of course. Rachel Weisz was considered for the role of Daisy as well, but she ended up turning it down for scheduling conflicts with other films she had going on at the time. I'm sure they were huge. When was The Mummy? 1999. Well... <laughs> Yeah, so maybe not huge then. I think around 2006, wasn't it The Constant Gardener? Ugh, I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Anyway, let's look at filming, mate. This started filming on November 6 in 2006 in New Orleans. In March 2007, the production moved to Los Angeles for two more months of filming. There was additional time that was needed to make the visual effects for Benjamin Button in, mm. in all the way to his infant stage. Mm. They actually used a camera system called Contour. It was to capture facial deformation data from live action performances. That's how they did that. I mean, yeah, it's very impressive, all the, the makeup and stuff. Absolutely. But I did see you talk about <laughs> they moved somewhere to do all that. I saw that the only reason they had it set in New Orleans was because of the massive like tax cuts and cheap option to film in New Orleans. Smart move. Yeah, for sure. The production did end up finishing in September 2007. The score was written by French composer, I'm going to say this wrong, Alexandre Desplat. He recorded the score with an 87-piece ensemble. Do you know who that is? No. He is a 10-time 
Academy Award nominee, won twice. Oh, yeah, I did I did look this up. Yeah. He has some huge movies. Coming. Absolutely. Shape of Water yeah. and Grand Budapest Hotel mm. were his two wins. But this was originally ready for a release in May 2008, but it was pushed back to November 26 and again to its landing spot of December 25th, 2008, with a runtime of 166 minutes. Oh, that is long. It is long. And interesting to note that they definitely got it out in time for Oscar season. That is exactly why. I cannot believe how many Oscars this film was nominated for. Yeah, 13 nominations, hey? 13 is enormous. Absolutely. So it did go on to win three, including art direction, makeup, and visual effects. Brad Pitt actually said it took about five hours each day for the makeup to be applied. I mean, depending on how old he was. True. You know, he gets into some very standard Brad Pitt for a while. No makeup required there. Yes. Yes. But yeah, it was nominated for 10 other categories, which was basically every other category, don't you reckon? Yeah. Well, we had, what do we have? Best Picture, Director, Writing, Actor for Pitt, Best Supporting Actress for Taraji P. Henson, Cinematography, Editing, Costume Design, Score, Sound Mixing. Insane. The entire package. They loved this film. They certainly did. Not enough for a Best Picture, though. Which is what we're doing here. We're going through the 2008 Best Picture nominees and the eventual winner, Slumdog Millionaire. That's the one. But like we said, 166-minute runtime with a tagline of life isn't measured in minutes, but in moments. What do you think of that one, mate? Unique. It's fine. Yeah, not bad. With a budget of $167 million, on its opening day, the film opened in the number two spot behind Marley and Me with a $12 million box office. However, during the opening weekend, it dropped to third behind Marley and Me and Bedtime Stories with $27 million. And in the end, it grossed $127 million in America and $206 worldwide for a grand total of $334 million. I can't believe how huge the budget for this film was. It's is it all in the visual effects here? 166 million. It has to be visual effects. Is extraordinarily high. It's gotta be all that CG on the face. I mean, still, that's huge. Well, perfectionist Fincher. Gotta get it all right, perfect. It's yeah, it's it should not have cost this much, really. But obviously a success. Over three hundred worldwide. They'd be happy with that. Even when the film was released on DVD in 2009, after its first six months, it sold 2.5 million copies and generated an extra $41 million in sales. Nothing to turn your nose up at. Absolutely not. But this does have an average of 7.8 over 548,000 ratings. Yeah, so why don't we find out what we think? Let's get into it, mate. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview. Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything over on patreon.com slash imdbjourney. And we've got over 50 bonus episodes over there too, including various film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series. We've also gone through some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. That's right. There's also tons of other benefits too. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put up on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down. And Dean said it's spot on patreon.com slash imdbjourney. Go ahead and head on over there and check out all the rewards and benefits we have to offer. We thank you once again for checking us out. Thanks, y'all. 